everyone in honor of Jesus. Raise up your hands with me to him before the choir goes. Just tarry with me, choir. Love on him about 15 more seconds. Come on. We heard the song now. Let us apply it. Oh, God, if that's not already our prayers, make it our prayer today. If you're not already the most wonderful thing in our life, turn things around so you come back on the throne of our hearts. God, things fail and names and positions and titles, they, they fade away. But Jesus ever increases. Thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name. Remain standing, please. Before the choir descends, let me just say this because it's in my spirit. But the more I am blessed by the ministry of Pastor Chad, the music, the leadership, he's probably about two months with us now. The more it's confirmed in my spirit as your shepherd that this is God's man and has been God's man for this church as we transitioned from our previous music pastor who's in the chaplaincy of the, of the military. And I just want to acknowledge that these times of anointing and power doesn't just come because we have a choir, we have a leader. It comes by prayer, sacrifice, preparation. And I just thank God for that. And I also notice when his wife and family moved here to be with us, uh, I saw Felena earlier. Are you over here? Uh, when she came, Felena, his anointing was doubled when you came. Doubled when his wife came. And I think you probably like me about that. We know the better half. Bless the man of God. Would God bless you? Amen. And choir. You look glorious. And you sound glorious. Bless them. God bless you as you transition. Remain standing. There, there are two places I want us to go in the text this morning as you stand, please. And that would be in Luke, the last chapter of the book of Luke 24 and the first chapter of the book of Acts, chapter 1. I will come to that in a moment. Take me, if you will, uh, Thomas, sir, to that first, first slide, if you will. Take me to the last week's slide. And, and we'll, we'll get there in just a moment. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Point your hands in my direction. I'm pointing mine in yours. Let's pray for this time in the Word to be powerful, anointed, and inspired by the Holy Spirit. I want Jesus to be Lord of my life. This is the second service, and I need energy. Pray for me, would you, church? I don't just need to yell and holler and go on, oh God. I'm not asking for that kind of, but I need, I need to be me. So if it means that, then, then help me, Lord. Oh God, I'm not here to entertain. We didn't, pay our, uh, didn't buy a ticket and come here to just sit back and let somebody else do it. All of us want to be of one mind in the Lord. All of us need to hear from you. I need to hear from you. I need to be a conduit. You fill me up with some stuff this week from the Holy Ghost, from the Word of God. And I want to flow out of that, Lord. I pray for my brothers and my sisters and those who are not yet brothers and sisters that will be. I pray for everybody under the sound of my voice. I pray for a Holy Ghost revival for South Metro Ministries. I pray for the power of the Holy Ghost upon our lives. Oh, God, we can't change ourselves in our own power, but the Holy Spirit can in us. So help us to understand, apply, and be changed because of your word. Amen? Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I want to just give you a little background, then I want to move ahead. And the background is last Sunday I began speaking to you on what would be a series on... The Spirit-filled life, I don't know that I will call it that in, as we move on, but, but it gives you a, a place to begin. The Spirit-filled life, a life that is led by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I began talking to you and telling you last week that when you are born again, the Spirit of God comes in you. And the old nature, the sinful nature and the lifestyle of the flesh and the devil and sin and all that bad stuff that always kept you in bondage and otherwise subject to shame, disgrace, and, and a life that away from God headed to hell. When you come to Christ, all that old stuff is washed away by the blood of Jesus, faith in Christ, and we give, we're given a new life. It's called being born again. But there's more to be born again than what you get right there at the start. There's a life called the life that is filled with the Spirit. 
Jesus refers to the more that he has for us after salvation as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But this is where I'm headed in this series of lessons. Is that God has given us the power to maintain, improve, and build on our salvation experience. The first work of the Holy Spirit is the work of conviction that leads to godly sorrow, that leads to repentance. The second work of the Holy Spirit is the baptism of the Holy Spirit that gives us the power over the world's influence on us, our flesh's carnal, deprived nature that we still live in, and over the devil. Last week I talked about unsurpassed power, and last week I described for you Five Greek words that mean power when Jesus talks about the power that comes from the Holy Spirit. I don't want to go back and re-preach it, but I want to refresh just a moment to take you to where we're going today. We only have one word in the English language for power. And that word is limiting. The original language of the New Testament that most of you already know is the Greek language, Koine Greek. Not today's Greek language, but a form of it. And when Jesus said in our text of Luke and Acts, that we'll look at in just a moment, that you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. He was talking about dimensions of power that are beyond our capacity to produce for ourselves. But he will. And there are five words in the Greek language. And they're all up on the screen. And I won't re-preach them. The first is the word dunamis. From which we get our word dynamite. (laughs) How many know that's powerful? God says, I'm going to give you dynamite power over the power of sin. The word energia. Which we get our English word energy. Talks about the kind of power. And last week I talked about the energy that's produced from the electrical plant. That is uh, transported to our house and we plug into the outlet of our homes. And I talked to you last week about how so much of what we depend on in our lives from the time we get up in the morning to the time we go, up to, uh, go to bed at night and the course of our whole day has to do with electrical power energy. God says, I will give you energy of the Holy Ghost. The third word I told you last week is the word kratos, which is the word that means force, strength, might, especially manifest power. And I told you last week that that refers to the kind of power that is experienced in nature by way of tornadoes, hurricanes, earthquakes. And God is not saying, I'm going to give you that kind of power to destroy you, but that kind of power that's produced, those kinds of natural things, I'll give you creative power. Then the fourth word is the word ischus. We talked about it last week. It's a, it's a kind of power that is given to you by God like it was given to Samson in the Old Testament when he was given the anointing of the Holy Spirit and did supernatural, superhuman feats because the spirit of ischus, the anointing of God, was on him. Then the fifth of the five Greek words that represents the kind of power you and I can have every day of our lives in the Holy Spirit is the word exousia, authority. It's the kind of authority that a judge has in a courtroom because he is the man. It's the kind of authority that a police officer has in, uh, in the place of uh, the scene of traffic or other crime scenes because they have prepared themselves and trained and, and otherwise been uh, equipped. They have the exosia. And the Bible says when we are filled with the Holy Spirit of God, we have power over all the powers of the enemy. Say amen. So that brings me to having that kind of power. We therefore must think about the power-driven life. I got a little, I got a little visual I want you to see. It's on the light side, so enjoy it. It helped me make a point. Dim the light, show it to them, and enjoy it, and I'll go from there after you've seen it. Baby, I got you a little present. Go ahead, open her up. 
That's some of your relatives on video there, so. I think it explains itself. This gift of the Holy Ghost is just as much a gift as salvation. And just like Jesus gave us the gift of salvation, we receive it by faith. But in order to receive it, you've got to unwrap it, tear the wrapper, open it, and apply it. And the Holy Ghost, the Bible says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That's a gift. But in Luke 3.16, John said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but there cometh one after me whose sandal laces I'm unworthy to lace up. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And just like you received the first gift, John 3.16, you received the second gift in Luke 3.16, which is the Holy Ghost. Say amen, somebody. Now, here's the problem in the body of Christ. We are trudging along all the time after salvation, but we sometimes, it come, the former sins come back to us, the former lifestyle come back to us, the former people around us come back, and if we don't have the power of God to resist them and to resist the old life through the Holy Spirit, then all we have is an unopened gift. And not only that, you can have a gift and not, not even know the potential of its power. And you saw that in this little exercise of empowerment. You, you saw that this guy, he's got this gift, but he ain't got a clue. So he tries to use it like a regular saw. He ain't getting nowhere. He tries to use it like an axe and is getting nowhere. He don't have a clue the kind of power he's got. He, he tries to use it to shave his face and to groom the dog and he's getting nowhere. He tries karate chop on the log. And what I'm saying is, if we don't know about what God has... I'm not trying to minimize the Holy Ghost in any way. I'm just trying to show you that if we don't make use and learn from the Word of God the kind of authority and power and equipment God has given us, we'll always blow in and out of Christianity, blow in and out of the altar, blow in and out of sin, and never be the victorious, conquering, Holy Ghost-filled Christian like we ought to be. So, so I come to you this morning to say to you that we need to discover the potential of this power that God has given to us. And so in saying that, I want you to know that as a child of God, we move from levels of God's anointing to other levels as it's produced by the power of the Holy Ghost. Now you in Luke chapter 24, 49, it's on the screen. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Then Acts 1 and 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. Now, I've got a few thoughts to share with you. I won't probably get too far with the list of them, but we may get a couple covered. This is the first. We are born again by the Holy Spirit of God. I don't want to berate this in the sense of even lessen it. Or assume you already know it, but I want to remind ourselves. When you came to Jesus through salvation, it was the Holy Spirit that checked you and said, what that preacher is preaching is God's message to you, get saved. Whether you came to Christ because you heard a gospel song or through a Sunday school class or a small group meeting or you came to Christ because you went to an evangelistic service or Sunday morning. When you heard the Word of God and God convicted you that you are not born again, you will not go to heaven because of your attitudes of past and your lifestyle and your choices and your neglect of God and the love of Jesus and your spirit was checked and the invitation was given, it's the Holy Spirit that led you to that place. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12 and 3, it's on the screen. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. 
in order for one to be saved, born again, they must acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God who died on the cross for their sins and is the Savior. If one does not acknowledge that Jesus alone is the Savior and He is the Son of God and confess Him as Lord, they're not saved. You cannot confess Allah and Buddha and Hare Krishna and Jesus at the same time and be saved. There's only one way to eternal life. There's only one way to salvation. And that's through the name and the blood of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And so if you are unable to say Jesus is Lord, if you're unable to say Jesus Christ is my Lord, you're not born again. But you are able to say Jesus Christ is Lord, Jesus is my Lord, He is the only begotten Son of God, because the Holy Spirit brings you to the point of salvation. Oh, I love the way the Spirit works. Sometimes you come to the house of God and the Spirit works and, and you don't, you, you're not emotional. You don't cry over anything, but the Spirit moves your spirit to conviction. And hot tears just roll down your face uncontrollably because the Spirit is plowing your heart to receive what God has given you. Give me an amen. Or sometimes you come to the house of God and you've resisted the Spirit in other occasions, but now is the time the urgency of the Word is on you. You hold on to the chair, you hold on to the pew, and your fingers begin to shake, and your body begin to vibrate uncontrollably. And you think, what's wrong with me? This is not me. And it's the Holy Spirit saying, go. Go to the altar. Go to the place of prayer. Have somebody pray for you. I'm ready to save you. This is the time for me to turn your life around. That's the Holy Spirit. And I'm saying to you this morning that, that we need the Spirit of God if we've backslidden. We need not to quench it. I'll probably preach about that a whole sermon later on. But the Spirit draws us to the Lord. And when we are drawn there, it's for our good and for our eternal blessing. There's another thought about why we need the Holy Spirit. Because we need to be led by the Spirit of God. I tell you in my journey in life, in the physical and in the spiritual when I am led by my flesh or my own carnal cravings instead of the Holy Spirit's leading, I almost always make the wrong choices when I'm led other than the Holy Spirit. Can somebody say amen if that's been... You, you see, I, w I would have you understand, and I won't wrestle the thought, but, but the Holy Spirit is like... God's GPS in our lives. The Holy Spirit, after we're born again and we're baptized, it's like God's positioning system in our lives. After we're born again, the Spirit says, don't go there, go here. Don't turn left, turn right. Don't look down, look up. It, I have used my car's global positioning satellite system to get me to some destinations and I've ended up in some cornfield if I turned there or some watermelon patch because when they did the global positioning satellite and fed the information in the system they didn't tell the system that they changed that road and detoured something else so you can't always depend on your GPS in your car you might have to take a long map quest along the way but when you are born again by the blood of Jesus and you are baptized in the Holy Ghost, God's positioning system puts you with the right crowd and the right people and the right environment. Somebody thank God for that power. Yes. You see, let me, let me say this to you. The Bible tells us that even after we're saved, there is a war going in us, going on in us. And Galatians 5, 16 and following says this. Look on the screen. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lust fights, argues with. The flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to another, so that you... Do not do the things you wish. After you're saved, after you're born again, after even you're baptized in water, and even after you're filled with the Holy Spirit, 
You don't get a glorified body while you're here on earth after you're saved and a perfect mind. You're still a housed in your flesh. And a tendency to live according to the lust and desires of our flesh can be destructive to our walk with God. And there's a constant battle going on. Uh, Josh, come help me here, man. I wouldn't take your father-in-law, but I work with him. So come, come stand here with me. Let, let's do a little analogy, okay? And just kind of go along with me. All right, this, this is our nature, okay? In our nature, there is, the, there is a spirit, and then there is the flesh, okay? We all have that in us. We live in our fleshly body, but we're saved by Jesus Christ, and we're trying to serve the Lord, reading our Bible, praying, going to church, and the spirit speaks to us, Okay? So we start out on Sunday morning, August the 8th, 2011. Come get up and Spirit says, time to go to church. Get up, wake up your wife, get your things in order, get the car ready. Flesh, it's all one now, okay? Flesh says, hmm, looks a little cloudy today. <laughs> looks like it's going to rain. Ah, I better save the gas in my car to take, to go to work and to school tomorrow and and then do a little shopping and all that. <laughs> it's quiet in the flesh, but it's... Yeah. And so, the, so this battle goes on. But, but for Josh and Heather, they came to church today and obeyed the Spirit. Okay? And, and then you get to the house of God. The Spirit and the flesh, you know, we got our church face. We don't want church face. But we still got flesh and spirit. Put your hand on my shoulder. Like you're pushing me. And, and, and I'm going to push you. Let's resist each other. But don't push me down. Man, you got long arms. Pushing me. Let's, 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 like we, come on, come on. You get the picture? Stay right there, stay right there. We come to church and the Spirit says, face them a minute. Lift your hands and worship God. Do it, do it with me. Okay? And then you put them down. The flesh says, hey, that ain't my tempo or song. Why does Pastor Chad choose the same old song? I ain't even sitting in my place. I got a lousy parking and the flesh says, they're going to have to pipe this up a little hotter and higher. And the little bald-headed man going to get excited. Then I'll plug in. <laughs> so we just kind of sit there and act like we had persimmon juice for breakfast when we come to the, the flesh. Because the flesh wants to be gratified. Spirit, let's do it. Let's do it. Here comes the offering. Fight me again. Come on. This is the offering time. Bless God. They want money for the air condition. I'll show them. Resist. The Spirit says... I know you have a baby on the way. And I know you're getting the nursery ready. But the Spirit says, Josh, obey the Lord, sir. And just put him first. And so you, but the flesh says, I'll pay God later. I got, I got to get the nursery ready. I got to pay the power bill and the water bill. I got to pay the house payment. And I could go in arrears. And uh, I, I just, and so I'll catch up with God. That's the flesh. The flesh fails to see that you wouldn't have a job, you wouldn't have a roof, you wouldn't have a car, you wouldn't have clothes, you wouldn't have breath in your lungs and seeing in your eyes if it wasn't for God. You see what I'm going? Driving down the interstate. Here we go, here we go. Push me again, man. This is the speed in the flesh. Oh, that's good. That's enough. That's enough, yeah. The spirit driving down the road and somebody cuts you off on 285. Just cut you. You carry a pistol, spirit? You got more than one spirit. It's not right, spirit. I'm going to pray over your flesh in a minute. Uh, well, that's a good analogy. That's a good analogy. It's all right in America to carry a pistol. I'm not against if you know how to use it, okay? Since you said that, I'm going to use it. Bless God. See, Josh was that guy in that video with all that stuff. <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. Nah, just kidding. Listen, his spirit... Says, okay, Josh, excuse that, let that go. The Spirit says that. The flesh says to Josh, you don't have to cock it, you don't have to just pick it up and wave it. Huh? We all face a spirit and flesh battle. We do it. And, and, and my point in your marriage, you have a hot, a tense moment, and the spirit and the flesh are one, and, and the, the, the flesh says to you, Bless God, I wear the pants around this house, I pay the bills, and I let the spirit of slap get on me when I want to. All the time. Give Josh a God bless you hand clap. Thank you, Josh. Oh, l- listen. 
I'm telling you, even right here in this pew, you are fighting your flesh and your spirit. You're wondering how long does our little Indian shout and yell while the Golden Corral line is getting longer and old Charlie's is calling my name. The flesh and the spirit. You're thinking about your belly when you ought to be thinking about the battle. All the time. And the Bible says that if we're led by the flesh, here's what happens. Look at this. Verse number 19. Look on the screen. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are these. Adultery. Adultery is having sex with somebody else's spouse. Fornication is another work of the flesh. It's immorality. It's having sex outside of marriage. Having sex with your boyfriend or girlfriend, not married. Fornication, you're sleeping together. And this, this kind of stuff in America that says, well, we're going to sh- share an apartment together or a house together. We're already engaged to be married. And we're going to sleep in the same house, etc. We're going to save money. Uh, so from expenses and, and God understands. No, he doesn't understand. The Bible, the Bible says, resist. Resist the devil. Shun the appearance of evil. I don't care if it's economically feasible for you get married to save money and share the same house. It is eternally damaging for your soul if you commit adultery and fornication. That's the flesh. The, the, the flesh is uncleanness and lewdness. The, the flesh is, is, there are things in America today that five years ago would embarrass us and insult us. And now it's being brought out in movies and Hollywood and sitcoms and these actors and actresses and, and sports personalities, many of which we're supposed to emulate. Thank God I'm not about my savior and my hero is not a Hollywood movie star and it's not a sports hero. My savior and my hero whom I am going to emulate my life after is God the Son who is Jesus Christ. Foul language, filthy talking, uncleanness, lewdness, pornography, the, the, the flesh. You, you click on your, your computer innocently, going to balance your checking account or going to check out Google something because you want information and a little pop-up shows up and the Spirit says, don't go there, don't go there. The Spirit says, but the flesh says, you're grown up now. Nobody else is in this place. You know when to cut it off. That's the battle. You don't know when to cut it off. Lewdness. You've been, you, you have a record going on here for one month. You hadn't gone back to sin or hadn't gone back to addiction or some kind. And you're thinking, man, I can drive by that joint over there. I can hang out with that crowd or email or text so-and-so. I used to hang with now because now i got all this power and you're misjudging yourself. Can somebody say, the, the Spirit says, do not text, do not email, do not drive by that joint. Just stay on this path I'm leading you. And the power comes from obeying the Spirit. I won't preach all of this. Idolatry. It's a work of the flesh. It doesn't have to be some idol Buddha God in your house with a little shrine. Idolatry is if you love sports more than you love the time with God. If you love your house and your car and your earthly possessions more than you do the things of God. Idolatry is if you love your credentials, your education. If you love some, anything that takes more of your passion, more of your time, more of your energy, then the love and pursuit of God becomes an idol in one's life. That's the flesh. Sorcery. Well, Pastor, I, I don't practice sorcery. If you read your horoscopes, you do. If you call 1-900-CLEO to get your, your word for the day, you're practicing sorcery. If you got a Ouija board in your house for your kids to have entertainment, you're practicing sorcery. I'm just telling you like it is. Okay? Shun the fle- any kind of work of the flesh. I, I might even... Oh, God, help me here. I want you to have power. And I tell you, as popular as the Harry Potter films have been and made mega millions, it is about darkness. It's about darkness. Shun the darkness. The works of the flesh are sorcery, hatred. You, 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 can't, you can't say you love Jesus. I can't say I love Jesus and somebody with a lower socioeconomic value than me I look down on. I can't say I love Jesus and filled with the Spirit and somebody of a different color than I am I, I, I don't like. I, I can't say I love Jesus and, and choose someplace in the church where somebody I don't like or something about them I don't like and I go someplace else and expect God to bless me in that service. That's the flesh. We can't have hatred and contentions and jealousy and outbursts of wrath and selfish ambitions and dissensions and heresies. Have you ever met people that take great pride in being blatant and rude and insulting? Some people think they're at their best when they're rude and insulting and unkind to waiters and waitresses and the postman and the post lady and the people in the grocery store. 
Some people think, bless God, that's my personality. You better like it or lump it. No, that is not the personality God wants you to keep. If you're born again by the blood of the Lamb, He wants us to be filled with the Holy Ghost and crucify the works of the flesh. Somebody help me with a praising God. Envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like of which I tell you before, just as I told you in time past, look at this, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. You cannot be saved and practice these sins or other sins like it. I don't care if you go to the Baptist church and they preach one save, always save, or you go to the Pentecostal church that tells you that if you play around with your salvation and you mock God with your salvation, you lose your salvation. I'm here to tell you we are answerable to the Word of God. You can go back into sin by practicing sin. The blood of Jesus Christ, if you trample it blatantly and you know it's wrong and you keep doing it, you are trampling over the blood and the cross of Jesus Christ and He takes it seriously. You can lose eternal life practicing sin. You see, I'm not trying to build a number for South Metro Ministry. I'm trying to build people. Some people won't come to a church like this because pastor, some pastors out there won't even address this stuff. But I'm here to tell you, God addresses it. And He says you can have power over it. Come on, help me here, somebody. Yeah. You ran a movie and somebody said, that's a good movie. But you find out that the language is vulgar and there's some nudity in there. And the Holy Spirit said, whoa, 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 turn it off. But I paid four bucks for it, Jesus. Turn it off. That's the Spirit of God. Can, can I get an amen here, somebody? It's the Spirit of God that makes you be kind to one another, forgiving to people. The Spirit of God makes you love your companion when, when things are tough. I'm saying we all have, we have the power. We just got to find a chain. We got to find the rope on the chainsaw. You all hear me? You know what messes me up about that video? The woman found the rope on the chainsaw. You know something? It takes a woman to find where the power is. She found that cord, pulled that sucker, sawed up a whole cord of wood while that guy was passed out. I don't care if a woman shows me how I can get power with God. I don't care if a grandma, grandpa. I don't care if they got a college education or not. I don't care. I don't care who you are. If you point me to the place where I can beat the devil, I want to know you and I want to know that power. Clap your hands, somebody. I'm not mad at anybody. But it's time we quit making excuses for disobedience. Devil made me do it. No, he didn't make you do it. Just like me, we have a choice. I slipped into sin. No, you didn't slip into it. You dived into it. I want to go to heaven more than anything else in my life. Not that I doubt I'm going. I believe I'm going. But I want to tell you something. I want you to get there. I want your children to get there. And this honey-coated, sugar-coated gospel that some of these churches in America are preaching is not from God. I'm not mad at any church or any place, okay? And I'm not running for a candidate for another church. I'm just here to tell you what America needs is that we don't need so much the stock market to be rescued. We don't need so much the economy to flip back up and and get on the bright side. Because when we ever get to our places of prosperity, we always disavow God. Whenever America is blessed and we're prospering, we think we done it. We think somebody in Washington done it. We think somebody in the university done it. But when we get to this place of knowing that the government can't help us, the military can't help us, the universities can't can help us. We bow our heads, bend our knees, repent, run to the altar and say, God, we got to have the Holy Ghost to help us. Come on and help me here. Yes. Yes. That's what we need. You pray for President Obama. You pray for the Senate. You pray for the economy. You pray for our troops. It's not a light thing that 31 of our men died this weekend. My God, help America. 31, which is a part of 15,000 troops died in the last 10 years in Afghanistan. Somebody says, war is hell. They're right. America, America doesn't need any slick talking, fancy dress politician or preacher. Unless they're filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm just passionate. And I'm passionate to tell you that, oh, God, help us. you got to suck it up sometimes, folks. I said you got to suck it up. you got to suck up the attitude. 
and, and say, God, I don't blame the pastor. I don't blame the staff. I don't blame the elders. I don't blame my mama, my daddy, my wife, or my husband, or my parents. I am responsible for the wrong choices that I make. And I want to be led by the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you something. Part of the reason why we haven't lived the Spirit-filled life and overcoming life is because we haven't dedicated ourselves to it. We haven't pursued it. If you want something bad enough, you will discipline, dedicate, determine, and pursue it. If I wanted a Ph.D. in theology... I could sign up for school and buy all the books on theology. But I won't get my Ph.D. by taking the books and rubbing it upside my head, hoping I'll get the knowledge. I'm a preaching to Lindian. I got to get to class, read the books, write the papers, do the exercise. You got iPods, iPads, iPhones. Computers, you use them every day, and they have to be recharged electrically so you can get the maximum power. You think, and you got your Xbox and all that in the right place. Do you think those things get power by you just taking the adapter and the charging, just running it by the outlet? There's an outlet right here. Just it's kind of ludicrous, isn't it? Wonder why I ain't got no cell phone power. Wonder why my computer. Well, I just kind of run the cord right by. You can't even get the power if you hang the cord halfway out the socket. You might get a little electrical charge halfway. You can't even just put it there. There's the right way to turn that plug so you can get the maximum. Huh? May got to plug in. I can be everything that God tells me I can be if I pursue Him for the fullness of the Holy Spirit. You can't get the baptism of the Holy Ghost and power of God by running the Bible by your head every once in a while. Running by in and out of church every once in a while. Running by in and out of prayer meeting every once in a while. Hoping you... I'm not mad at you. I'm just trying to get you where God wants you. In the church we have pillars and caterpillars. You saw my theology when I showed you that video, so don't expect anything great things. No, this is my theology. In the church, the pillars are the people on whom you can build the kingdom of God. In the church, come praise team, come on. In in the church, pillars are people like many of you. You got bills, but you pay your tithe and give your offerings. People like many of you. You may not have felt your best this morning, but you got ready, you got the kids ready, and you're a pillar in the house of God. And you came and you say, I'm going to worship God. In the church, there are pillars. People who say, I'm going to sing on the praise team. I'm going to sing on the choir. I'm going to help build the ministry. God's given me a talent. I'm going to work with the youth. I'm going to work with the children. Pillars. I'm going to work with an elder or security or prayer team. Pillars. We got pillars all over. Before you got here this morning, pillars were here at 7 o'clock. Pillars of security. Pillars of prayer. 7 o'clock before you were here. They'll be here after you're gone. Pillars in the house of God. Pillars who go to the nursing home. Pillars who go to the jails and prisons. We got people here go to the nursing. Pillars, pillars who who say, you know what? I'm never going to have a microphone in front of the people. And uh, they ain't even going to know my name. But the Holy Ghost has called me to pray. Pillars. Pillars. You can build the house of God. You can send missionaries. You can pay the, for, for, for buildings. You can, you can bless in benevolence. Pillars in the house of God who's not just people who just not want to get, 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 get. And if they don't get, they get mad. And then they become caterpillars. You know what caterpillars? They crawl in and out of everything. You seen caterpillars? Crawl in a crawl into this church because they like the worship. Crawl into the Baptist church because they like the youth group. Crawl into the Methodist church because they like the athletic program. Crawl into the Episcopal Church because they like small group. Never a pillar. Never a pillar. You got to know in whom you have believed. You got to find the anchor. You got you got to be somebody. And it's the way it, it's the way with our marriage. It's not just about the church. 
This is the fourth marriage, crawling in and out of marriage. And all the time it's somebody else. I'm telling you the truth, folks. Inconsistent because we don't have the Holy Ghost. Crawl in and out of jobs. Can't keep a job. And it's always the company, always somebody else. Crawl in and out. Listen, mamby, pamby, you can't build a marriage because you won't keep a job. Crawl in and out of in and out of hospital and, and off other places of, 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 of medical care because we won't take care of our own bodies to the degree that we can. I'm saying we. I'm saying me too. You know? The Spirit said, look, the doctor says take this medicine and exercise. Do right. And you, could, you, you know, and the flesh says, bless God, if I take this medicine, that means I can have two servings instead of one. Go ahead and say amen, owe me or something, because that's me too. But in the kingdom of God, cat- caterpillars. That somebody else... And God says, I, I didn't... The, the end of the world, the, the coming of Jesus is near. Okay? We are living in the last days. The devil is roaring mad. He's running out of time. He wants to kill your children. He wants to send them to hell. He wants to send you to hell. He wants to destroy the church. He, he, wants, to, he wants to take the church and make fun of it. Like Jeff, Jeffers, whatever his name is. The guy on trial, Jeffrey, what is his name? You remember the guy who is part of a church, an uh, offshoot of the Church of the Latter-day Saints? He's on trial and has been found guilty for raping two 12-year-olds. But it's all in the name of religion. It's, it's on the TV. Just, just stay current. You know, the, you know, and now he gets up and he says to the judge and the people, as guilty as he is, the tapes and the evidence are there with him having sex. The, the audio tape is there with him having sex with a 12-year-old. And I'm not going to apologize for being so plain because you already know. Okay? And, and the man is guilty, but he uses spirituality to say God's going to bring a curse on the judge and bring a curse on the jury for judging him. That's a bunch of nonsense. What he did, if he's guilty of it and it's proven to be guilty, he is wrong. It's sinful. He's not a man of God. I don't care if he can quote the Bible. It's wrong for him to have more than one wife. It's wrong for him to exploit young people and other people in the name of God. And if he don't repent, judgment's coming to him. But you see, how can we discern these times unless we have the Holy Spirit? How can we discern right from wrong unless we have the Holy Spirit? Somebody say, Pastor... You don't have to say it, but I'm just saying it. I want to be a pillar, not a caterpillar. Stand up, everybody. Would you stand up? Stand up all over the house. My Lord and my God. Oh, blessed Jesus. I'm not going to beg you. I'm not going to pump you and prime you. I've preached my heart out. And if the Holy Ghost can't give conviction, you don't, then He don't need any more help from me. Look at me, everybody. Look at me. You're dealing with your flesh right now. You're dealing with your flesh right now. Whether to respond... And to move, and you need to move. There are people here who need to come back to the fountain of living water. You are, you, you are, you are, being, you are being mocked by the devil because he's pulling you here and there and yon. You're justifying things that are wrong that you need to repent of. I, I must check my spirit too. And I'm asking you this morning to defeat your flesh. Bow your heads. Defeat your flesh and obey the spirit. Pastor, there's some things I need to repent of because that list on the screen, I've been part of that list. And if you haven't already given it up, I'm saying, Pastor, today I'm giving it up by the power of the Holy Spirit. I want you to pray for me to give it up once and for all and the Holy Spirit will fill my life. If that's you, raise up your hands. Raise them up. I'm the only one looking and I'm raising my hands already because there's some things on there I got to keep fighting. Come on, hold them up in faith. Nobody else look. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Put your hands down. Thank you. Now, everybody else, look at me. Everybody, everybody else. Pastor, I need the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Greater measure. I'll preach some more and I'll tell you about, you know, so, sometimes our preconceived ideas of what the baptism is and what tongues is and the gifts of the Spirit is, is uh, hindering us from going deeper. L- look at this. I want you to exchange the works of the flesh for this, for this. This is where I'm finishing. But the fruit of the Spirit. Everybody on the count of three, read out loud with me on the count of three all these verses. One, two, three. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ, read louder, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. God wants us to exchange the works of the flesh for more love, joy, peace, 
long-suffering, etc. I need that multiplied exponentially in my life every day. If that's you, raise your hands. Put them down. Altar workers, come. Pastor, I want a refilling or a baptism of the Spirit of God, or I want something else that I raise my hands for. Come to the altar right now. Sing, my brother. Don't leave unless you have to, but you raise your hand for something. Obey your spirit, the spirit of God, not the flesh. Come from all over the house while it's you come. Are come in Jesus' name. Thank you. The rest of you, raise your hands for Jesus. Give him room to come. Keep coming. Keep coming. Come as close as you can. Come all over. Spread out to the front. I want more. I want more. I want more. And the, and the church, I know that if you're being worked with and ministered to, then keep that posture. But listen to me, the altars, and everybody else that can look. Hear me. God wants to fill us, whether we've been saved five years, 50 years, even baptized in the Holy Ghost in the past. He wants to give us power over all the powers of the enemy. And I want you to, in this prayer, as I pray over you, to say, God, I want, whatever, how you want to say it, I'll give you the context. You say it like you want to. I want everything in me that is wrong and need to be crucified. You crucify it. I want everything that needs to die that's unpleasant, unkind, improper. I want you to get rid of it. And then I want you to fill me with the Holy Spirit. After you ask Him in the pews and in the altar, after you ask Him to fill you with the Holy Spirit, begin to praise Him. Don't ask Him for anything else. Open your mouth after you ask Him and say hallelujah or thank you Jesus or praise the Lord passionately. Praise Him for more than a few moments. Praise Him repeatedly. Because when you praise Him, it drives fear and the devil away. It crucifies your flesh. Praise Him when you praise Him. If you have stammering lips and you can't say it in English, don't fear it. Just say, however it comes out. God's not going to make you a blittering idiot. But one of the gifts of the Holy Ghost is the language of prayer called tongues. You may have it already. You may not. That's okay. Don't seek the tongues. Seek the power. Now, lift up your hands all over the house. I'm going to pray for you first, and then we're going to praise Him. Oh, my Father, I come to you right now after preaching this word. Crucify in us the works of the flesh. Don't let us lie to ourselves. Keep us from listening to the lies of the devil. Wash me, God. Change my appetite from the wrong to the right. Change my wrong desires to the right desires. Change my anger, my bitterness, my wrath, my strife, my habits, my baggage. And fill me with the fruits and the gift of the Spirit. Fill everybody in this church that wants you with the Holy Ghost. Baptism. Now raise up your hands and begin to praise Him out loud. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sing. Thank you. Father, I bless my Keep praising you. 
Keep it up. Keep worshiping. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm listening, sister. Go ahead. I worship you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I know it. Oh, it's good, God. Come on. That's good. Father, I bless you. Come on, God. Go ahead. Let's talk to him. Talk to him. God, I need this power. I don't have the strength on my own. sisters in the altar. My brothers and sisters in the altar, look at me a minute. <laughs> the Holy Ghost wants me to encourage you beyond which I've encouraged you. And He wants me to tell you this. The way He works is like this. Today, He will call you aside for just a few moments. It's the leading of the Spirit. He will say, you came to the altar. I want to give you a little more. Go to your bedroom. Go to the backyard. Go to the patio. Go someplace. It's the Spirit saying, come. I want to give you more. Take your Bible, do a prayer. The Spirit will lead you. Church, listen to me. Because they came, the Spirit will lead you today and say, you remember they came to the altar? Pray for them. It's the Spirit. It's the Spirit. God has given you a gift not to mock you. Not to hold out a carrot before you. He gave you a gift to power you up. Your marriage, your money, your mind, all of it. God has wisdom for. So He will call you today. It may not be a yelling voice. It may not be an audible voice. It'll be a, a nudging. And if you'll get away, it may be that hot tears will run again of cleansing, of joy. You are not going to, the devil's not going to kill you. Listen to me, everybody in this altar. The devil's not going to kill you. He's not going to kill your family. He's not going to put cancer on you and defeat your life. The blood of Jesus covers you. But you got to go through stuff sometimes. So you can't get it. When the Spirit calls you, you can't just get it by running the Bible through that way. you got to open it up. you got to 
You are my everything. Give these people a God bless you. Would you give each other? Sing, my brother. God bless you. If, carry you if you can or if you want. Be dismissed as, as you go. Have a great day.